This is the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune and uh, joined uh, by Isaac Lanford on this episode. Isaac, how you doing, man? I am wonderful, Brent. Well, uh, well let's not beat around the bush. I have the test results here, Isaac. And the yes. lie detector yeah. determined that we are talking about daytime TV staples. I love this. Because, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, for people that are just listening to this show or Isaac for the first time, you were on... Uh, one of my latest episodes, uh, night or late night TV staple. So we talked about Girls Gone Wild mm-hmm. and Miss Cleo. And then that was it because we talked about those two things for a long time. And I have uh, <laughs> three and I don't I was putting my notes together last night. We, we may have to cut this one short uh, as far as <laughs> not talking about all of them, uh, all the things that I've set up to, to talk about today. But uh are you uh I don't I, I didn't ask you on this episode for any other reason other than we talked about late night stuff. So now we're talking about <laughs> daytime stuff. Are you even familiar with daytime television? I am because I've uh many, many years of my life were home during the day. Yeah. And with a TV running. And I ha- I don't watch a whole lot of TV nowadays. I don't leave it on when I'm at home, but in the past I definitely did. And I have mm-hmm. a feeling we're going to talk about things more from that period. Well, and as you know, the daytime television is some of the highest quality television there is out there. Yeah, it's very frustrating when you didn't have cable like I did growing up mm-hmm. because daytime TV is basically game shows knockoffs of oprah and yeah. soap operas it, it's because it, i i will go to my mom's house and you know she's got she's still got the real cable with mm-hmm. the box and the remote and mm-hmm. but then she somehow only has like watches the four channels <laughs> for some reason. like she'll watch her other shows at night but she's got you could sit down and you know she's gonna go from ellen to dr phil to watch young sheldon which is a rerun of things she's seen like it's uh, she's set in her ways. So this is yeah. like we're going to talk about older daytime television uh, staples, probably of your of your, I guess, childhood and youth or my youth. But uh, it's still going and it's my still... mid 30s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about, uh, you know, I mentioned the lie detector. Uh, we're going to talk about Maury. Oh, yeah. Maury was like a like 1 p.m. type of show, right? Yeah, and this was a very, uh, I'd go to my grandma's house, and Maury is at volume 50 on her, t- on her console, Zenith console TV, <laughs> and in between, like, so how are things, and not, re- you know, we don't have much to say, because mm-hmm. her existence is, was in this house, you know, <laughs> uh, so I got to tell her about me, and then we cut to, oh, they're about to reveal the, the results of the paternity test. This was a staple at my grandma's house, Maury. Yeah, and, yeah. I didn't watch it a lot personally, but it was on every single day. Yeah, and uh, putting together the notes, I forgot about this. I I had two cousins that were on Maury. At the same time or two different instances? <laughs> same time, uh, and it was, uh, I, I was in college in my apartment, either half asleep or missed a call, and so my brother calls, thinks we're bringing him up, and he calls... <laughs> And but then he calls again, and you know when somebody calls yes. twice back to back, that's a must answer phone call. Mm-hmm. And I go hello, and he's like, "Turn on Maury right now." 
They're on. They're on. Which is always a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I turn on Maury, and it's my cousin. Uh, and then uh, her, her name's Ruby. Of course, her mm-hmm. name's Ruby. And mm-hmm. then um, then James is on. She's on f- because of uh, it's like a paternity thing. And they are brother and sister, but okay. it's not. It's not that he's okay. on there for like support. I guess I okay. I've tried to find this episode, but I can't mm. uh, because there's five thousand five hundred forty five episodes of Maury. Where can you just go through an archive of Maury and watch individual episodes? I've tried. So like, <laughs> I want to see this episode, but their 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 thing, the storyline was they introduce it at the beginning. They do a couple other things. They go back to that story. They do a couple other things. So their their story was the through line of this episode. Mm. So that's how significant it was. Wow. Uh, and and I couldn't even tell you what happened. It was just I I it's one of those weird things where I saw it once and have never been able to see it again, which is a rare thing in this day and age. Yeah. Of like I see it, then I'll never see it again, you know? Yeah, maybe Maury has like the uh, the MTV show thing where it's like, well, we can't put, a, uh, you know, these music rights. We can't yeah. <laughs> re-air. We can't put it out on DVD. Yeah, somebody was wearing a uh, a certain design shirt that we're not allowed to show anymore. Like uh, what what was that? The, the bedazzled shirts, the Ed Hardy. Somebody's wearing Ed, Ed Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, go well, ahead. As I, as I mentioned, there are 5,545 episodes of Maury, and the show is ending uh, this month. At the time of this recording, right now, it's September 15th, it's 2022. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's been on for 31 years. That's, and the last, that's too much. And I didn't time it this way, but the last episodes are airing this month, September 2022. Uh, wow. I had no idea it was still I mean, he's an old, old man, isn't he? Well, uh, I was I was sitting in the chair and my wife was next to me and I was like, did you know Maury is 83 years old? Oh, my God. Retire, Maury. What the hell? Well, and uh, there's those things like I was going to retire six years ago, but I th- I think it was NBC was like, we need you. We, we need yeah. Maury. So he you stayed on. Maury. And and for context, Ellen had three thousand two hundred and seventy seven shows and she was on for ni- about 19 years. Uh, broke she was my on mo- for 19 years? Yeah. Broke my mother's heart when she signed off. That was her show. I don't want to get too sidetracked with Ellen, but was the Rosie O'Donnell show was the first show that I knew of that was like a late night TV show vibe, but a daytime show. I think I might be wrong I, on that. And I'm that, not I mean, up on been all under- these. So that could be words like a comedian behind a desk type deal. Yeah. Uh, that but, show ran from 96 to 2002. Wow. That's wild. I I might be wrong on this, but I feel like the evolution of the talk show was there was like Ricky Lake that was a, was like trashier mm-hmm. than like Sally Jesse Raphael or Donahue or Geraldo yeah. and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And uh, what was it? Oh, Montel... Montel. Montel Williams. Yeah. There's a, a documentary right now called Dark Side of the 90s. I think it's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to watch it, but my my wife knew we were talking about this. She put it on and he's featured hever, heverly, hever, heavily, whew, <laughs> uh, heavily uh, in the it's a Jerry Springer episode who we may or may not talk about, Isaac. Yeah, I'm, I, I was about to bring him up. 
yeah, there's the, there's that the Sally Jesse Raphael's of the world of they're kind of in, a, in their own group of let's get people to fight or let's do a taboo subject, you know? Yeah, I feel like it was Ricky Lake, then Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know where Maury started, but it's like he outlasted it all. Yeah. And the Jerry Springers have got too cartoony. But it was too hot for TV. You remember those commercials? Where yes. It's like, oh, yes. You want to see boobs? <laughs> you can buy you this VHS. A flash of a titty while people fight? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. But Maury, I don't know at what point it went from like they had these like paternity test episodes until they were like, listen, guys, that's all we do. It was really. <laughs> And I remember there were ones where, like, uh, they'd parade out a bunch of people and be like, and it was kind of a game show of, is he a boy or a woman? And it was like, mm-hmm. uh, like I guess it was drag queens or trans people, mm-hmm. uh, which we will talk about later with a different show. But that kind of thing. And then we have, uh, there's like phobias episodes. And I've we'll talk about that at the end of our Maury section. Okay. But it was mostly... Uh, he even talks about like uh, the, doing the same. Uh, he, he's like, there may be a reason why Maury's seemingly repetitive formula stays fresh thousands of episodes in. And the reason is Shakespeare, apparently. He said in an interview with Vice, when asked about paternity tests, uh, Maury said, a paternity show has the classic Shakespearean themes, love, lust, and betrayal. If it worked for Shakespeare, why not Maury? <laughs> That's a, I would say it's more akin to three, six mafia ass and titties, ass (laughs) and titties. It's like people punching each other and people fucking. Yeah. Well, there's, there's the big reveal of, is he the father is, is whatever. And then you get the reaction. Now they're means Mm -hmm. of, and that's the thing you would say is you are not the father. Like that's Mm -hmm. the thing that just people say. Yes. You know? So, and then you get, some people run backstage. Some people dance around and some people fall on the floor. Oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, I can't believe that he's not the father. And yeah. it's like, that's a, I don't know. We're kind of fascinated. Cause I, I think I tend to, I, I I'm not even going to, I watch some garbage stuff, but even I don't watch Maury all the time. I don't watch it at all. Yeah. But it was like, if it's on, I'm like, I wonder if he is the father, you know, like that kind of thing. It's like once you get hooked, you can't you can't stop watching it. I'm that way with like something like Law and Order, where it's Mm -hmm. like if I start the episode, I'm going to watch it through now. I have to find out if Stephen Colbert is a child molester. (laughs) Whenever a comedian is on Law and Order, you know, they're about to have done something heinous. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan (laughs) murdered somebody. Uh, are you a TV on in the background guy? Uh, it, I, mostly if I'm writing or doing research, uh, like doing research for the show, I could have something on the background. I tend to like silence. That's where mm-hmm. like I can't do music. It really distracts me. I'm the same way. I can't write while mm-hmm. hearing someone using language. Yeah. It's distracting to me. And I don't watch... I've been a parent for 12 years mm-hmm. and it's starting to slow down now because my kids are 12 and eight mm-hmm. and they kind of do their own thing more. But I 
got so accustomed to never being able to watch anything uninterrupted Mm -hmm. that my time watching TV became precious to me. So I I don't ever rewatch anything that I've seen before Mm -hmm. because there's so much new stuff that I want to consume. And I, so therefore I'm not going to watch something I have an interest in while also being distracted, like trying to do something else at the same time. Yeah. You what you want it to be like a hundred percent attention. You don't want to have, especially like if you're a game of Thrones fan mm-hmm. or so, you know, certain shows, it's like, you got to watch this or you're not going to know who this character is, you know? Yeah. I've been wanting to rewatch the Sopranos and then I'm like, when the fuck am I ever going to do that? Like uh, it's yeah. a million episodes to need to get through. It's I still haven't, way, but uh, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't watched episode two of season three of breaking bad yet. And I started that during the pandemic oh yeah what you should do <laughs> isaac is i started listening to it's michael Imper, uh, imperioli uh-huh. and steve sharipa they're doing the the sopranos podcast so that might make it better for you if you can watch the show by listening to their episodes they go episode by episode oh that's it who's the second guy uh he's bobby oh oh yeah, bobby yeah, yeah, Bacala. yeah okay. that's weird i never knew his name yeah okay I, I really derailed us there, but my point being, I don't watch a lot of this like daytime TV stuff because I don't just have the TV on. Yeah. And that, that's the only is... way I would be consuming Judge Judy or I'm sorry, Judy Justice. <laughs> well, if you're in a waiting room and they didn't spring <laughs> for cable. Uh, oh, yeah. OK. If they don't have cable, because otherwise Fox News, please. Yeah, <laughs> please. So in I context, need a pretty blonde woman to be angry. Please tell me what to be mad at. Uh, so Maury had 5,500 episodes. Ellen had 3,200 episodes uh, and Oprah had 4,561 just to Ooh. put this in context. Yeah. Uh, wow. so the show Maury's ending this year, it's been running, uh, for 31 years, started oh in 1991. And he had a life before that. Like that's not his only career. <laughs> yeah. He was, a, we'll talk about, it. he's a legit re- reporter. Like, yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, I can jump to that note now. He reported on the JFK assassination and MLK. Damn. Can you imagine going from uh, today in Dallas, JFK was shot to you are not the father. What a departure. That's so weird. You always wonder how those like, is there any interaction between them and the people that are guests on their shows before the cameras are rolling? I can't imagine. I probably, and well, here's how he works. He came up with a a great plan to shoot. There are five new episodes of Maury each week, but he works. He only works two days a week, Thursday and Friday. So I can't imagine there's a lot of time for him to, you know, meet and greet type stuff. Yeah. And also when you've done 5,000, there's, it's, you probably meet him out on the stage. I would guess so, but I bet well, like late night shows are the same way that like they might pop in and say hello to you in your dressing room. Yeah, yeah. And then you go out there and do the thing. Mm-hmm. And then that's why, you know, at the end of the interview when the, it's going to commercial, they're leaning over being like, hey, that was great. Yeah. Hey, that's the only time. Person. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maury, uh, he said on a Reddit AMA, he said, uh, all of it is real. There's not a moment that is not real. There's not a moment that is scripted. I could make a case that we were maybe one of the first reality shows that came to the scene. I don't, I don't a hundred percent buy that, but I also can buy some of it. Like 
Yeah, I mean, it's orchestrated. Whether yeah. or not it's written, they definitely... I'm sure there's a producer being like, just be yourself. Just be big and, you know, yeah. we boisterous. chose you because this you is your are time. You. Yeah. How often are you going to be on TV? Yeah. Like the, the person's like named Lemon Drop or something. And yeah. It's like, yeah, you already said your name's Lemon Drop. I think we're going to get what we want. Yeah. And and I'm people watch Maury. So mm-hmm. they're like, oh, and when I'm on Maury, I don't think there's a guy going, I tell you what, when I'm on Maury, if they tell me I'm not the father, fucking no sell. <laughs> like, yeah, they've they're practicing their dance and everything. And <laughs> yeah, now Maury should just have music that plays like the fucking uh, Def Jam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where What's it's like song? if someone gets up to dance, yeah, the DJ hits it. Yeah, that, that it's like <laughs> when a comic is about to go on, and you are those on those shows that they're like, "What music do you want to go up to?" They're like, give me uh, Genuine's Ride My Pony. I want that. <laughs> and they're like, well, we'll give you the generic instrumental version because we don't have the rights to My Pony or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever a show wants intro music for comedians, because like it's one thing if you have a DJ and you want to do that. Mm-hmm. But when a show is just like, I think it's good for the show. And I'm like, hey, that's not bad. It brings energy. You know, that's yeah. fine. But like, don't try to give me a curated list of songs to play in between each act especially mm-hmm. when it's like a thousand acts on the show it's like how about this spotify will be playing and i'll raise <laughs> and lower the volume as people yeah. go on and off stage <laughs> yeah if there's more than three comedians i'm not going to play your song <laughs> you will get my hard rock playlist yeah uh since 2009 maury has filmed on the same stage as its television counterparts jerry springer and steve wilkos Oh, same stage, I guess. Uh, also, uh, Povich huh. has been happily married to journalist and news anchor Connie Chung since 1984. Yeah, I did know that. And I think the only reason I might have known that is because of jokes on, I think, in Living Caller. OK, yeah. Which is a, that's a long time ago. That was only like 10 years into Maury, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. It's just, what a contrast, because she co-hosted the CBS Evening News. Yeah. Like, so again, she's like the war in Yemen. And he's like, you are not the father. Like, yeah. Do you think he made more money than her? Uh, yeah, probably. I do. You know I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, he was a, a legit journalist. So I mm-hmm. guess this type of show, I you know, there were rumors that he made like $5 million a year. Man. Which is that, a lot of money. I was going to say, that's not bad. No, I'll do that. Man, I, I have journalistic integrity until you cut me a check for $5 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two days a week? Yeah, well, now that we're talking about pay, allegedly Maury pays none of its guests in cash. Uh, I am i don't talk to those cousins, or we haven't talked, so I, I would ask. Uh, no, pays none of the guests in cash for their television appearances. Of course, they give the guests free airfare, a nice hotel to stay in, and some meals, but there's no other incentive to come. This is a common talk show practice and certainly not exclusive to Maury, but is nonetheless often a case for criticism towards the shows like this. I feel like you, you throw some people some cash, you know? Yeah, I mean, surely you could have, like, some sponsors that at least, like, provide them some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of wild. I mean, because I agree, like, what's the pay rate? what would it be for these people it can't be too much uh but i know you can go on like those court shows and you can 
I think no, make you don't money. make money. I do you make money or is it just like if no, a judge will decide your case and you, you don't have to pay like court costs and stuff. Well, we'll talk about one of them here in a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't uh, want to I don't want to step on it. So something crazy happened on Maury, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, in a 2017 episode, one of the most unbelievable instances in Maury history happened. I guess we'll say in history. A paternity test <laughs> found that a woman had given birth to a set of twins with different fathers. Yeah. I, I heard about that because, see, I didn't know that was actually possible. No, I didn't either. And I that had been like something I'd been knocking around in the the lore of the, the comedy troupe that I used to do, Devil's mm -hmm. Brew. Like that was okay. that was always it never was used in anything. But we always like talked about the idea of possibly the two characters, Clinton, Jessica being twin brothers. Yeah, but from different dads, but from dads. I didn't realize <laughs> it was a thing that could actually happen. Yeah, it is, and it's called uh, heteropaternal superfecundation. Yeah, I I tried to read that last night, yes. and it's still not any better. Uh, each twin has a different father. More than that, this was actually the second time this happened on the show, uh, which raised questions of authentic authenticity for some. So whether it's true or not, this is actually a thing that can happen. Wow, I mean that's insane. Like. That's really weird, man. Hopefully one of those dads has a good job and that mom is making money. How does that, does it like, <laughs> so they have sex once and then she's like, all right, I want to leave this house, go to that house. And cause in my head, I'm also like, there was different times of fertilization. So is one coming out a little premature than the other? Well, I think you're overlooking the possibility that they were oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sharing a bed, the okay. three of them. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, that never crossed my mind. Yeah, that yeah, it was just you know. I'm gonna Google turns. that right now, see if there's any videos about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's I never thought of that. Well, this one's a stepmom, so she's not the mother of the twins, so that's she got not gonna stuck be. <laughs> in the dryer. <laughs> I, I have this image in my head of, of sperm going up and like all the sperm are dying and there's two left. And then, then it's like that, you know, that predator meme where it's like Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger's arms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> two sperm locked together and Pregnant. just fucking yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a staple feature of Maury is returning guests. Uh, Povich has had a lot of returning guests, but one has been on more than the others. Uh, her name's Shalanda. She's been on Maury 17 different times for different paternity tests, uh, trying to find the father of her daughter. Unfortunately, she has never managed to find the father. So one child. One child, 17 different times. Man. Now, I wonder if, if the 18 of them were all sharing a bit. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to Google that. I didn't know that they could do that. I, look, man, I'm not, I'm not here to judge, but 17 seems like a lot, right? That that seems like a lot because I mean the window of fertilization can only be so yeah. wide. Uh, and, but I have to imagine that she's like maybe just like hitting up friends and being like, ask yeah. Devonte if he wants to go to Maury. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. <laughs> sure. And again, what, uh, they're buying dinner. <laughs> oh shit! I'm I'm gonna be on Maury. I'll go. Uh, yeah, I, I said, I'm not here to judge and then immediately pass a judgment, but come on. <laughs> that is a lot. I think anybody can agree that 17 is a lot. 
it it is a lot and there's uh i have a list uh maybe if we we'll skip that but there's a she's the most but then there's other ones and they're all paternity so 17's the most then it goes down from there did Maury uh, do the uh, I used to be ugly, look at me now, I bet you want to fuck me now episodes? I think, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a lot of uh, I'm tired of my mom dressing this way type stuff. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I didn't look at the episode titles, but I don't know after 10 episodes how you don't have the same episode titles of uh, my stepdad might be the father or whatever. Like, Yeah. At, at a certain point, you've treaded all the places to tread you know this is a, my mom can shut the fuck up yeah yeah i think my she's daughter's stupid. a bitch yeah <laughs> uh okay well, i i mentioned the phobias and all right this was one of my favorite episodes to see because isaac somebody's scared of blank and then guess what happens oh th- they don't have to confront that now do they they have they bring out the blank. Oh no. <laughs> like I I just I if you've seen this how do you not know that that's going to happen? So uh Sally was uh, deathly afraid of types of olives, any types of olives. The reason why is because green olives reminded her of dead people's eyes. When she mm. was 7, she saw her dead grandfather, not funny, and oh. his eyes looked just like olives. Oh no. So guess what they did? They killed her other grandfather. They brought out her dead grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) They bring out olives. And of course they run to the back. Yeah. Uh, Carolyn was a guest on Maury and she was afraid of cotton balls. She hated the, the quote sound they made. Uh, And she had nightmares of of cotton ball chasing her. Uh, The Maury (laughs) show brought out a cotton ball. And at the end of her segment, I guess she was holding a cotton ball. Oh, She's like, I guess I've never actually seen one in person. This isn't that. Yeah, bad. yeah. Oh, I was I mistaken. This. Oh, Cotton else. Ball. No, yeah. that's not what I was talking. Yeah, about. yeah. And then you're like, what was she thinking about? <laughs> uh, we've got Aaliyah. This episode uh, aired October twenty second, two thousand four, and it was called "My Fear of Mice and Mustard Is Ruining <laughs> My Life." Individually uh, fine. Yeah. You know, uh, sophomore year of high school, we all read of mice and mustard. <laughs> uh, now, she, now she is the one in particular that's scared of mustard. I just don't okay. know. How, I don't. It, it had to be tied to something that happened. I don't. I don't just know how you can be afraid of mustard. You know, it's like I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's. I just don't like the flavor, or it's that time that my mother tried to drown me With in a, a bucket bottle of mustard. mustard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with that part right there. Uh, so they brought out the mustard. She ran in the hallway while being cornered by the mustard. This is what this says. She got cornered by the mustard. This wasn't in the plan. The mustard's gone rogue. <laughs> <laughs> so at the, at the end of the show, they take her to a restaurant called the Hot Dog House in, uh, in New Jersey to confront her fear of mustard. Mm, good plug for that hot dog house. Yeah. What up, uh, hot dog house? Uh, Yvonne, this is the last phobia one. Uh, she had a, a crippling fear of balloons. Mm. So she's not scared of Pennywise the clown. She's scared of the balloons that he holds. She once refused to leave her house for 10 months because she didn't want to see a balloon. Not only that, she's also afraid of the Goodyear blimp, even though it can't reach her because it's hot, too high in the air. 
Uh, Maury played a video of uh, balloons popping. She ran backstage only to be met with hundreds of more balloons. How do you hide a hundred balloons backstage? Good prop master. Uh, he said, don't go back there. That's worse. So by the end of the show, she overcame her balloon phobia uh, and popped some of the balloons. To think Maury just stumbled on it. Like, it's so easy to cure people of their phobias. And yeah, it's you got to wonder uh, how long is this going to last? You know, just uh, hold the goddamn balloon. You know, the best thing about her and her balloon phobia is that she never makes you wear a condom. <laughs> Look, it's got a little end in the air <laughs> or air in the end. <laughs> Guess we'll take it off. Uh, I I told you we're going to talk about court shows. Yeah. So of course we're going to talk about Judge Judy or Judy Justice. Uh, yeah, that's the most famous one, right? Because it, it used people's court was always the go to like court show, but mm -hmm. surely she surpassed that. Yeah, it seems like she has. Uh, to put it in context, she had. 7,164 episodes as Judge Judy. Ooh. Now she's the show has since ended. Now she's doing this other thing called Judy Justice. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, did you notice that she had a last name, Isaac? Uh, it's Judy. <laughs> yeah, it's Judy. <laughs> uh, I get apparently, I know they say it every episode, but we all just know her as Judge Judy. But I think it's if you pronounce it, Shinelin, Judge hmm. Judy Shinelin. She this is actually pretty crazy she graduated from college at the age of 16 and earned her law degree at new york university when she was 21 she's Damn. one of those people she's wow. young sheldon on the bench yeah good for her uh, her second husband jerry was a new york supreme court judge who also served as a tb judge like his wife he presided over the people's court oh. from 99 to 2001 taking oh. over for former New York City Mayor Ed. Is it Ed Koch? K-O-C-H? It might be. I, I know somebody with that last name that pronounces it Cook. Cook. Which or, is not what it could yeah. possibly be. Uh, And that guy, Ed, Ed Koch, I'm going to go with that. He coincidentally appointed Judy to her bench in 1982. To uh, the Judge Judy bench? or <laughs> Yeah. I I now pronounce you Judge Judy. Uh, in 2010, Judge Judy became the first daytime program to surpass the Oprah Winfrey show and viewers in a decade with the average audience per day, 10 million people. Oh, man. In 2010. 10 million I, people. I, wow. I mean, I would watch her show sometimes because she was so mean to people. Mm-hmm. But she usually was mean to the right person in the scenario. Yeah, yeah. But I also, I remember the first full episode I watched was because Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols was on an episode of Judge Judy. We'll talk about it here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, 2013 Reader's Digest poll found that. Because <laughs> I know you're a big punk fan, so. Yeah. Uh, 2013 Reader's Digest poll found that Americans uh, found uh, Judge Judy more trustworthy than all nine U.S. Supreme Court justices at the time, oh. but not more trustworthy than Denzel Washington or Meryl Streep. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where the where they're like. Okay, do you think she's 
uh, more trustworthy than Meryl Streep, or I don't know where those people come from, where they're like, compare this to this. So how many other people are more trusted than the Supreme Court justices? I don't know if that really says anything about yeah, her as yeah. a judge. <laughs> uh, apparently, I trust Denzel Washington more than, uh, uh, I don't know, I can't think of a... <laughs> than ruth bader ginsburg apparently yeah which i now i'm starting to think that we should have been celebrating judge judy a little bit more than ruth bader ginsburg you know there's somebody that thinks judge judy's on the supreme court you know that ex- oh, my yeah. character that i do thinks yes. that judge judy is on the supreme yeah court. well I, if you haven't internalized that before you just said it so remember judge joe wapner uh, I, I i don't like any of them <laughs> i don't i don't like it well <laughs> i like your show judy and he gives Judge Joe Brown, he, he's <laughs> uh, Judge Reinhold. I like him. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that because there were always those there was like divorce court. There was always those shows. Yeah. But I'm assuming that it was because of her that we started getting all of these. Uh, we're, Mills Lane, Judge the Mills referee Lane. from yeah, the boxing yeah. match where Tyson bit Vanderbilt Holyfield's ear off. They're like. You know who doesn't take any shit? That guy who was there when someone got bit. Yeah. He should be a judge. Well, even there was like, uh, I think Jerry Springer had a judge show at one point. The worst like green screen, like phone it in bullshit. (laughs) I don't care. Give me the check. (laughs) Uh, In 2015, Judge Judy earned the Guinness World Record uh, title for the longest career as a TV judge. Uh, she also ranked uh, as the highest paid TV host of 2018. So these numbers are from 2018, mm-hmm. having earned $147 million in the span of a year. Man. $147. Why is she still, why is she still on television? I don't, I don't know. For the she love of the game, it. apparently. Yeah, she loves it so much. Because there comes a certain point when you have so much money that it's like, well... Judge Judy's children, I, I'm going to assume if she has any, are adults. Yeah. Yeah. She's 70 something, I think. And unless they're just like piece of shit kids, <laughs> like I'm sure that they've like prospered from her success in some way. Judge Judy's 79, by the way. God, let's just retire. Like, like enjoy yourself. This yeah. is crazy. But still, yeah, a, a kid compared to Maury. She's just a kid. Yeah, it's true. Is she still on network TV, just a different network, or is she on like Tubi or something? She's on IMDb TV. Oh shit! Yeah, but I th- I think she's I don't think she took a pay cut, and uh, well, well I read about it because she got mad. That I think she was on uh, what is it CBS one of the whatever network she was on. She had a show called The Hot Bench. Oh, and they canceled that to put on um, Drew Barrymore's show. Oh. And apparently she that really stuck in her craw because she's like, they disrespected my show. So I think that's why she went to somebody. Else. I just don't know why you would just leave this gig. It's it's a sure thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, the Drew Barrymore show might be the most genius move in daytime television because Gen X women love Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And that is now the demographic yeah of moms yeah. at home drew barrymore she's it yeah that's great and judge judy sorry you're on if imdb tv can afford to pay judge judy that then mm-hmm. i really do not understand 
how economics i think it's owned by amazon so oh okay it's just like a sub subsidiary of and i don't even know uh, all the research says imdb tv i don't know if they've changed that to i think it was called freebie tv oh really there's too many of these things there's like like to be free form evidently roku isn't just a device it's also uh, a channel yeah, now it's called Amazon Free V. It used to be IMDb TV. Okay. Because I'm sure nobody was watching it in any other way than on their smart TV. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know that it, that exists as a channel, you know. Right, yeah. But she might have stayed, uh, Isaac, because she only works 52 days a year. How many hours a day are her and Maury working when they go in <laughs> to do these shows? Well, I uh, that breaks down to two point eight million dollars a day she's making. Um, That's insane. She's she's making a mansion every day. Yeah. So he, this is the thing that made me kind of want to do this episode because I read about her schedule of like she's putting. Uh, here's her schedule. She spends 52 days a year taping her show. She flies into California via private jet every Monday and hears cases on Tuesday and Wednesday, sometimes Thursday if there's delays. One full week's worth of shows are filmed each day. Many viewers, however, are fooled into thinking that she's in New York uh, because they show footage of Manhattan, but she's actually in California, and you would only even know it because uh, something happens like an earthquake and shakes the (laughs) camera. She works 50, 52 days a year. And I'm assuming a month and a half that, I mean, the show probably has other than her salary, pretty low overhead. It's a cheap set. It's they film it straight through. Then someone just edits it. Like, it's not like, do you think that Judy's ever going, hang on, cut, re retake. Let's do that line again. No, I don't think she does. She's like, fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, you are a stupid person with a stupid face and you're going to shut your mouth. That's what's happening. I just remember a clip. She's like, you got a job? Well, then get one. Like, just like, (laughs) it's like that Judge Judy sass, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then she like goes in the back and like finishes a tuna fish sandwich while they rush people out and bring in other people. Yep. And then they announce her again. She comes out and then she yells at another person. That's exactly what happens. Because I mean, those... Episodes are what they're an hour with commercials, so they're like forty-two minutes. So yeah. they probably shoot it in ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. And and you know they then so seven thousand episodes. So that crew, it's like boom, boom, boom. They know what to do, and yeah. I'm sure nobody's out of line because you don't want to make this lady mad. <laughs> like yeah, maybe she's really sweet. Maybe she is. I know she was on Ellen, uh, and I but of who's course, a monster evidently. Apparently, that should have been the other thing that we're doing so that's a spoiler we're not talking about ellen yeah the dark side of ellen i'll wait till <laughs> vice does it and then i'll just yeah. watch that and then i i want to uh play ellen when they blur the <laughs> kind of the face and just see me shadow boxing as ellen or whatever just they your do. shadow moving from <laughs> side to side uh like dancing with the dj or whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh so th- these are real cases she has a production company uh, of 60 plus researchers across the country so that this is maybe where the budget comes in mm-hmm. they find uh, lawsuits uh, filed in small claims court they send that stuff to the producers of the show and they get all this stuff through the freedom of information act uh, any cases that make it to the next stage which is only about three percent 
they contact the litigants involved and they they ask them, would you like to forego your civil court hearing in exchange for a free trip to L.A., $850 uh, per diem of $40. This is all as of 2012. Mm -hmm. And an added incentive is that any judgment awarded uh, are paid by the show, not the plaintiff or defendant. They're paid by the show. And I forgot to tell you this, Isaac. Uh, I had a different cousin who was on Judge Judy. Oh, okay. And this one was over, uh, I think, money for textbooks. So it couldn't have been over $1,000. Yeah, I had somebody, I think it was Judge Judy, but a buddy of mine was approached by one of those shows mm-hmm. because of like a, a landlord dispute about rent that was still owed. Yeah. And they turned it down. But I tell you what, I would go if I'm if they're going to pay. Trip to L.A., yeah, if they're going to pay, then I would do it because I'm mm-hmm. making $850 as well. Yeah. I'd go be on TV to like let Judge Judy be mean to me. Yeah, sure. So Yeah. There's a comic out here. I wish I could remember his name where his show is he like does like a slideshow with videos and stuff of his appearances on a bunch of these different shows. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'll have to find him and uh, replace uh, your audio with his. On this episode. <laughs> what a what a. a treat to edit um they say the best cases according to the executive producers are involved litigants with prior relationships mother daughter father son boyfriend girlfriend so there's like some emotional stake in all these cases you're not the father you fucking moron yeah fact yeah <laughs> i gave him them fishing poles and he he didn't give them back that was a family heirloom uh so the audience uh the, they make eight dollars an hour and they're told to sit and look attentive. Uh, prospective audience members, uh, they apply. So these are they they choose from headshots and and they mm-hmm. want pretty people. They're they're told to show up at eight thirty at call time in the morning. Not allowed to bring cell phones, electronic devices. Uh, no food, no drink, no chewing gum. Are also verboten is the word they use. Verboten. Hmm. Uh, so can you imagine just being chastised by Judge Judy for chewing gum? Like you're just back in grade school again. Did you bring enough for the court? <laughs> well, I I get it. Don't bring your gum. Are you a gum guy? I like gum, but I also if, if I'm like if you're on TV, there's no other way to look like a a heel or a bad guy than chewing gum. Yeah, for sure. I don't particularly love gum. I mm-hmm. like it for the instant of like freshening breath or the flavor, then it goes away and my yeah. jaw gets tired. But I've also worked in venues forever, and the fact that people stick gum underneath things is so disgusting. It is me. gross. It's it's um uh, you know, it, you I I've noticed this in men's bathrooms. You walk in and not so much gum, but there are boogers on the wall. That's exactly where my mind was going as well. Yeah. I I liken those two things to each other. Booger, and I don't I I highly doubt that a women's bathroom is boogers on the wall. Men are gross. Not boogers on the wall, but I can tell you from working in venues that there is some pretty gross stuff that will happen, especially at like rock concerts. Mm-hmm. There's there's often a lot of purposeful, gross blood stuff in okay. men's bathrooms. A lot of uh, devil concerts, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. You put your tampon on the wall. <laughs> they just having a seance in there. <laughs> they summon a blood demon. Uh, they put the most attractive people up front, and then when they tape the show, 
they say uh, the audience is instructed to talk uh, 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 animatedly amongst uh, themselves and between each case so that Officer Bird's order in the court has some kind of effect on it. I like that. I love that. I love that curating of the audience. What I don't love is the idea of coming home, my wife being like, how was uh, Judge Judy today? would be like, well, I was in row six. <laughs> yeah. Now we find it's it's like a game of guess who and all the hotties are up front. <laughs> Judge Judy stopping production and be like, I, I I'm so sorry. What's yeah. going on with the guy in C three yeah. row two? Get that's that a row fiber. If yeah. I <laughs> yeah. Do we have some kind of pillar we could sit him behind? <laughs> uh now we were talking about celebs uh mm-hmm. on the shows. The here's one that you'll never guess was on Judge Judy, so I'll just tell you. Uh, B. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really? from the Golden Girls. A lot of shows, but Golden Girls. Yeah, okay. In uh, 96, the actress appeared on Judge Judy as a witness for the plaintiff uh, for PETA uh, mm. and to argue against the keeping of big cats. Uh, PETA lost that case, but she was on Judge Judy. Wow. That's uh that's interesting. And Judge Judy really uh handling a big case there. Yeah, for PETA, I guess. But PETA. it's small claims, so it's like it's about keeping big been cats, the big, but yeah. also under a thousand dollar stakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh now this one actually when doing my research, I found I should talk about these. This one's from Judge Joe Brown. Oh, okay. This one involves Rick James. <laughs> 98 Rick James uh I was resolving a dispute involving a former bandmate and guitarist uh, whom James alleged alleged owned, owed him money for musical equipment. James loaned him uh, that was sub- sub- subsequently stolen from uh, the guy's vehicle. At one point, James's testimony veered into the bazaar when he began describing how Turner, the guy we're talking about, once groped James Buttocks at a club. Turner said <laughs> the butt grabbing was, quote, taking out of context. It was also uh, it was an, an appropriately weird appearance for one of the music's most eccentric personalities, and uh, James uh, was owed forty six hundred dollars for the equipment. Do you think Rick James that his people were like, "Hey, Judge Judy's interested in having you on the show," and he's like, "Someone call Joe Brown." Uh, yeah, I don't. I do Joe. <laughs> I do Joe Brown. I don't do Judge Judy. Here's another one, Judge Judge Joe Brown, uh, featuring Coolio. Oh, you know, Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. He appeared before Judge Joe Brown in 99 to settle issues with his wild bunch backup uh, troop. They claimed they were injured in a van accident during tour. He called the tour quits and the bunch wanted compensated. Uh, Coolio offered them eight thousand dollars. They rejected him, took him to TV court. Judge Joe Brown awarded the wild bunch four thousand dollars. Oh, good for the wild bunch. Can I can I tell you a little tidbit about Coolio? Yeah. In the early 2000s, which it might have been old at that time, but there was a uh, common showing up in the, uh, the the porn searches. There was a, a something that was called like Russian sex orgy was like the name brand of this thing. OK, and it would it be. Now. Yeah, it would just be uh, as the words describe. It would yeah. just be like a big like warehouse like party and people have sex with each other. on the floor yeah yeah one of these 
is a bunch of Russians having sex with each other. Now, I can't say they're all Russians. There might have been some, you know, expatriates from other countries that <laughs> yeah. now lived in Russia. But while they're doing this, there was a stage <laughs> akin to the uh, vanilla ice appearing in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Go, D- go Ninja. Go, Ninja. Coolio is performing live <laughs> on stage in Russia while these people have a giant orgy. <laughs> Uh, and I, all I typed in was Coolio sex orgy, and it uh, popped up. It's uh, it's like a there's a dance party. Of course, people are doing uh, whatnot. Yep. I I'm not seeing Coolio at all through this. What if somebody was like, I really needed to catch this Coolio performance, but these people won't stop having sex in the way. <laughs> Uh, it's wild an odd thing to just hey you want to do you want to do an orgy like yeah does it pay not be in the orgy but just perform yeah Yeah. snoop dog had pornos and his pornos were like people having sex and then snoop dog like when they're done like walking onto set and being like yo that was another crazy porno from snoop dog i'm gonna do a song he's like hosting it like he's elvira <laughs> yes <laughs> and or it'd be like snoop dog's sitting in a room it's like a house party and he's like oh i feel like rapping and he like does it like a real half fast verse and he's like all right i'm gonna get out of here and then as soon as he leaves set then the two people on either side just like start making out and That's so like <laughs> who's buying that like who wants that Oh, I don't Man, know. My love and hip hop, my love for hip hop is fucking, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, that's nuts. No pun yep. intended. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about Johnny Rotten from the Sex yes. Pistols. Yes. Uh, the one time leader, uh, lead singer of the Sex Pistols took his rebellious attitude and turned it toward a notoriously stern Judge Judy. We're back on Judge Judy. Mm-hmm. Rotten was before the bench in 97 to settle a dispute involving a drummer named Robert Williams whom Rodden had uh, toured with for his Psycho's Path album. You you big fan of Psycho's Path? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Williams alleged Rodden, uh, alleged, uh, Rodden owed him five grand for his work on the tour and also claimed he was subject to assault and battery. For his part, Rodden seemed aware of the poten- uh, potential inherent uh, in his anti-establishment persona appearing before the scowling judge and milked it for all it was worth, blowing his nose, interrupting and otherwise antagonizing the stone-faced jurist. Despite the lack of manners, she ruled in favor of Johnny Rotten. And that video's online. Didn't watch it, but that's on that. You can watch that, so. Yeah, it was like during, he was like doing a hard push for his new project because I saw him, he was on Letterman right around the same time as how I found out he was going to be on Judge mm-hmm. Judy. And watched it. Jesus Christ. You know, he's a, a MAGA guy now. Yeah, he is. Fight the power. Yeah. How <laughs> ridiculous. I also, I didn't click the headline, but I also said, saw like one time critic has heartfelt tweet about the Queen's passing. Johnny Rod. <laughs> <laughs> my, my thoughts and prayers go out. Uh, here's the last uh, celebrity uh amy schumer this is from 2017 fairly weird yeah uh the reason uh 
she no, she wasn't a guest on she wasn't like on the court show. she was in the mm-hmm. audience there's uh, like memes of her in the audience uh yeah. her and her sister appeared in the audience uh she said the reason because we love her according to schumer's instagram my sister and i are crazy big judge judy fans and she kind of agreed to have lunch with us uh she told <laughs> et so we got to watch a, a bunch of uh, cases and sit in the room so i'm going to be like a background actor in a lot of season, the season of judge Judy. So that's fun. That's yeah, cool. Just her in the back. Cause can you imagine just watching and being like, is that Amy Schumer? You know? Yeah. I love it. Uh, so the judge Judy ended in 2021 after 25 seasons. She's now on uh Judy justice on IMDb TV or freebie. That show started in November, 2021. And has already uh, recorded 120 episodes as of April 15th, 2022. You can catch them at gas pumps all throughout the country. <laughs> In between Cheddar News. <laughs> She's gas already got 120 station. episodes. In- That's crazy. That's crazy. That's I mean, work ethic, man. That's uh, if we can learn anything from Judge Judy. It's to never say die, never say retire. <laughs> Find a formula and run it to the ground. <laughs> now, we've got one more uh, spotlight. Okay. We could call it quits here on this episode, Isaac, and do a different episode later if you want to do all one piece. Would Maury quit? Would Judge Judy quit? That definitely, they wouldn't. This, no, this they show's going to be 83 years old. <laughs> of course... We're going to talk about Jerry Springer. Okay, let's, yes. I didn't, I kind of knew this, but I didn't. But before being, you know, Jerry Springer on TV, he was in politics. He was like a mayor, right? Yeah, he ran for Congress in 1970, but was elected to Cincinnati's city council a year later. And 77, he served as the city's mayor for one year and made a run for governor in 82. Now, he was a councilman. But they mm. had a sex scandal. So he resigned his councilman. And the, here's the sex scandal in short. He resigned his councilman. He testified in court. He said that his conscience drove him to contact the FBI after paying for prostitutes with two personal checks in December of 73 and January 74. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, like, what the protocol is. Hey, I got some hookers. Let me call yeah. the FBI. Yeah, no pending investigations, of course. This is just me and my conscience. That's true. Yeah, yeah. In 75, Springer made one of the biggest political comebacks in Cincinnati uh, by winning back his seat on the council. Good for him. His sincere direct television ads directly addressing the issue were credited for the win. And also being a sex scandal probably raised his profile. People Mm -hmm. were aware of what was going on, but he got his seat back. Yes, one for the good guys yeah so one more for the good guys so he he started taping the show in chicago he eventually moved to stanford connecticut also home of wwe yeah stanford connecticut big uh big talk show yeah <laughs> yeah they're into it uh so we there's also another staple on on jerry springer and that's steve wilkos yeah his yep. uh security guard the show mm-hmm. hired Wilkos, a former Chicago cop and Marine, for a, 90, a 1994 KKK-themed episode. Yeah. Pay was good. I figured it was a one-time gig, he said. Uh, but I ended up doing another show and another, and before I knew it, I was hired as the full-time director of security. So I left my career as a cop and did that show. 
he also has his own show. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, was it called Steve to the Rescue or no? That was the segment Steve to the Rescue, and now he it's a spinoff show of the Steve Wilco show. Yeah, seems like kind of the same thing. Yeah, I don't know how it's a difference, and I'm guessing Jerry Springer is probably an executive producer of the yeah. Steve Wilco show. Sure. Um, at the height of uh, Jerry Springer, there was a, a movie. Do you remember this Jerry Springer movie? It had Jamie Presley in it. I'm sure, right? Didn't it? I don't know. It's called Ringmaster. Yeah, I think Jamie Presley is in that movie. Okay. Uh, 98, a box office and critical bomb. The movie, like uh, Springer's talk show, involved love triangles and cheating. It did win Springer an award, uh, the Razzie, for the worst new star. But nobody's surprised that the, the like, it's... That was a movie that I rented mm-hmm. and watched through and was devastated that there weren't boobs in it that's it should have been too hot for tv yeah well i just assumed a jerry springer movie was going to be like a national lampoon movie yeah just boobs for no reason just yes just boobs for no reason and (laughs) i was sorely mistaken sorry man you you should get your money back i know well i've got late fees anyway so i won't be (laughs) renting anymore you should call them up and see if they're still open or if your late fees uh, cause them to close. They're on my permanent record. <laughs> Did uh, <laughs> Principal Seymour Skinner put them on the permanent record? There was a real murder actually involved with uh, uh, Jerry Springer in 2000 during an episode called Secret Mistress Confronted. I can't imagine there's no less than 80 of those episodes. Yeah. A uh, husband and his new wife and his ex-wife appeared on the show uh, and got into a tiff. That's crazy. The newlyweds accused the ex Nancy Campbell Pan Panets uh, of stalking them. But hours later, after the episode aired, a friend of Campbell uh, Panets discovered her dead, beaten body inside her home. Eventually, uh, Campbell Panets's ex husband and his new wife turned themselves in. In 2004, 2002, the case went to trial, and the court found the ex husband, uh, Ralph Panets. Guilty of second-degree murder. He's serving life in prison. Damn. Damn. I've never heard it, which is weird because I way more frequently than you would expect reference the Jenny Jones murder. Yeah, where the it was the, the gay guy that said, I got the hots for this guy, right? Yeah. Because that's on that Dark Side of the 90s show. Yeah, and it's weird that like that is like such like zeitgeist, but then Jerry Springer murder never heard yeah. of it. I don't, I don't, but I don't think this, this really didn't trigger that murder. I think it was just, they, it, it was, was just a, we saw a small window of their drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here's something a little progressive from Jerry Springer. Hmm. He stopped, um, and I'm reading this. He stopped using the word tranny. Oh, uh, Jerry Springer show was one of the first talk shows to focus on transgender issues, but he regularly referred to his guest as quote trannies. Uh, but uh, like in a 24, uh, 2014 episode named uh, Trannies Twerk It Out, the LGBT <laughs> community felt it was time to phase out the word. And Springer uh-huh. immediately obli- uh, obliged, said, I don't I don't want I don't I didn't know it was offensive to them. And I'm not interested in offending people. So uh, obviously, I just will change the term. He said, there's no argument there. That's a surprise. Like for a guy that's done all the Jerry Springer things, Jerry Springer has done. He's like, you know what? Not going to say that anymore. 
I think he's a good guy. And I'm tired of people bad mouthing him. The man has a conscience. He turned himself in for paying prostitutes. <laughs> he stops using a slur. Yeah. When told to. And I'm sure there's <laughs> 80 other examples of, of him being shitty. <laughs> Uh, so there's some crazy episodes, believe it or not. One that was featured in that documentary, the Dark Side of the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, and one that I, I read about in countless articles. Um, a 1990 episode, 1998 episode entitled "I Married a Horse," <laughs> featured a British man who married his horse. Mm. Cameras went overseas to film the man and his quote wife. A disclaimer open the segment sexual contact with animals is illegal in this country and most of the Western world. This is the first uh, to film uh, to first film to examine a subject which uh, many find deeply disturbing. Some some stations found the episode so disturbing that they uh, refused to air it, opting instead of to broadcast a rerun of past guests do battle. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And uh, we were, uh, producer wife and I told her that this was on in the background while I was doing the research. And there's some, I don't, I think there's some incest episodes, but mm-hmm. I was like, I asked her, I was like, what's the penalty for incest? Cause it's illegal mm-hmm. in a lot of states. So we were doing the, just from state to state, finding out what the penalty was for incest. And there's like some that are like a $500,000 fine and jail time. But then, like, Indiana has some of the least strict incest laws. Oh. And you know what? Finally, a reason to live here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, is incest, is it is it viewed as, in, uh, in the writing of law, is it, like, somebody having sex with their relative? Or is it, like, does it matter if it's like two relatives that like consensually are like, nah, we're doing this. Like I, we love I, it. We're into it. Yeah. I, I, to, to me, like I, I'm not like an incest guy and I, I'm, you know, I'm going to make that clear on this show right now. It's not for me, but I'm also like, I don't, I think it's gross, but I'm also like, if you're two consenting adults, who am I to tell you what to do? But apparently it's a, it's a thing in the law. But I don't yeah. I don't I've not heard of too many people being brought up on incest charges. No, I've when it's seen consenting. It, I've seen know? it uh, as an additional charge. Yeah. Uh, to next to another sex crime. That's why I like I felt like it's a, a predatory thing is what the laws yeah. are designed for. Not then you about just would like be a pedophile, you know? Yeah, it's not just like a brother and a sister uh, who are adults who just like have sex with each other. Cause I guess somebody's got to rat it dryer. out. Like a third party has to be like, Hey, I don't know if you know what's going on. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have I got some news for you? Uh, uh, I desperately want to make some references to the Royal family in this conversation, yeah. but out of respect for out Johnny respect. rotten, <laughs> I'm going to not uh, say anything. But bestiality, I think, then, but we can pretty easily agree that there can only be one consenting party involved yeah. in having sex with an animal. Yeah, don't don't have sex with the animals. Just no. that's then that's always the line of, well, if we let the gays get married, what's next? Yeah. Well, you could stop right after the gays. Like you don't yeah. have to yes. let them have sex with horses. 
But officer, that horse was fucking me. <laughs> I could arrest stop the it. horse if you're gonna arrest somebody. <laughs> it, it, she, her, she was saying nay, but her body <laughs> was saying hey. Uh, uh, and I just want to make it again for the record. Yeah, I am against bestiality. Yes, and you're not a incest guy. No, that's not for me. Not for me. <laughs> I am into Coolio orgies. It's <laughs> my new thing. Uh, <laughs> the, the, did you know that there was a Jerry Springer musical? No. Was he in the musical? No. Jerry Springer, the opera, debuted in London in 2003 and in the UK in 2006. And I'm just now learning that London is not the UK. Um, wow. That's really blew my mind, Isaac. <laughs> Uh, the Christian community uh, surprisingly didn't care for it because it featured God, Satan, and Jesus, and actors uttered about eight thousand obscenities. That's a lot, even for yeah. something that like it's a lot. You know, do you think it's like a musical where it's like Jerry Springer is like singing about being a councilman, and then the devil appears, and he, and then Jesus, and he's like, "You're right, Jesus. I should turn myself into the FBI." Yeah, yeah, I should write a check. <laughs> You think he wrote Hooker in the memo? Yeah. And I'm I'm the of the generation that I have written maybe two checks, three checks in my mm. life. And if 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 you don't take Venmo, uh yeah. there's a problem. Yeah, I write checks nowadays there's one thing I write a check for and it's not a personal thing, it's for the theater, it's the rent check. Yeah. But in my personal life there is now no longer no a need checks. for a check. But if I did write a check for a hooker, I would put in parentheses, not incest. Not not in, not a hooker, not incest. <laughs> Definitely not incest. Which I'm not an incest guy. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> hey, you're saying it too much now. Now I'm suspicious. I'm thinking he is an incest guy. <laughs> uh, the BBC decided to air a performance in 2005, and they got 45,000 angry viewers who contacted the station about the show's content uh, that didn't prevent them from bringing the musical over to the U.S. in 2007. Las Vegas became the first American city to welcome the new show. And in 2008, you're never going to guess who played Jerry Springer uh, for a two-day stint in New York City. You're not going to guess it. I, so I'm just... I hope it, was, it wasn't Jerry Springer. No, and it wasn't B. Arthur. <laughs> uh, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> bizarre wow um now their guest choosing process uh so the turns out it's not necessarily uh because the, they like the attention apparently jerry springer's show's policy uh for many years has been to immediately offer potential guests a sweet deal anyone who calls with an interesting story gets a free flight and a hotel for that very night and usually filming the episode the next morning. This leaves those uh, involved with virtually no time to properly think the decision through before it's too late. Regardless of whether you think this is morally right or not, it definitely explains a few things about the show. Um, yeah, it's it, usually when somebody is making you uh, make a decision right now, it's always mm -hmm. a good decision, right, Isaac? Yeah, I'm just thinking if I ever need it, an emergency flight to Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to call Jerry Springer. Just, uh, yeah, I need to send me a ticket, please. 
Yeah, uh, somebody was uh, fucking uncle. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm well, an incest uh, guy. Who's a horse? Who's a horse? Anyway, I need to get to Stanford quickly. Uh, so to put it in context, uh, the show, uh, July 26, 2018, uh, Jerry Springer aired its final episode uh, in syndication after 27 years. Man. And there were 4,969 episodes. So 5,000 episodes of the show. Yeah. And all quality. Yeah, nothing but the best. <laughs> oh, really? I bet your feelings are really hurt. But did you know that I'm also having sex with the person you were cheating on? <laughs> Yeah, it, you didn't ask this whole time why we're on a flight together out to Stanford. Um, and I found like the craziest storylines, and I now I can't find the link. Uh, but one of them was Kung Fu Hillbilly. So I watched that little segment. I like that. And the guy he said, "Don't make him come out here because I'll karate him." <laughs> That's how you know somebody knows karate. Yeah, because they say I'll karate him. <laughs> I bet, like, we could figure out episodes by, like, a Mad Lib. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> you could you could make a Mad Lib, and then you know he's had that on his episode. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, Google crazy Jerry Springer storylines, because I was trying to find that or, uh, that article. Um... Okay, there's the one with the the guy with the horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy with the, the kung fu hillbilly. I, kung if fu you're hillbilly. gonna Google it, I would advise you to check that out. And his, uh, he's like, uh, I've I've learned kung fu because I watch uh, uh, Chuck Norris and John Claude Van Damme movies on my VCR. <laughs> is what he said. And then his roommate's uh -huh. name is Lil Wayne, not the Lil Wayne you're talking about. Oh man, that would have been so much better. Uh the KKK incites a brawl. I did I think there's a, it's a Pablo Francisco joke, but it used to maybe it was about Jerry Springer, but he's like uh oh uh, you hate the Jews? Well, guess what we have? Bring out the Jews. Like <laughs> well it's it's very much the Maury. Oh, you're scared of balloons? Bring out yeah. the balloons. I've seen an episode of Jerry Springer with white supremacists where they like start going after him. Oh, really? Yeah. That could is Jerry Springer a Jew? I think so. Okay. Uh, or and if not, they accuse him of being one. Uh, and also, just uh, Jerry Springer's seventy eight. He's he's just a kid compared to uh, Judge yeah. Judy. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of a lot left in the tank. A lot of life left. Uh, another one of the the craziest storylines was I can't remember the the adult film star, but she. Uh, was talking about how she had sex with 300 men in 10 hours. Wow. And now she's like, I'm famous now. I'm making money. So I guess it worked out for her. Yeah, all 300 were the dad. And now <laughs> she has a phobia of Coolio. <laughs> and that's how you wrap up this episode. <laughs> so that, that's that's been Jerry Springer, Judge Judy, and Maury. More info than you ever wanted to know about all those people. 
Yeah. And we didn't even, man, daytime staples. We didn't even get to reverse mortgage <laughs> commercials. No, lawyers that, that, that are, when they hear about Keller and Keller, how they're, the fear is just in their heart. Cause that, you know, it's a color commercial at the beginning. Oh, oh but they come in their pants. You, you never, like... <laughs> they choke on their fig Newton. You never believe who they got. Keller and Keller. Oh, like, I like it as the years go on because they get so much more exaggerated. They're like having a party at the table and they're like, yeah, he broke his neck. Oh, we're going to fuck him in the ass. <laughs> but wait, they got Peter Francis Geraci. What? <laughs> oh, my jockey shorts. Someone call my wife. <laughs> my back and also my ego. <laughs> That was I thought about that could be a, another thing is the daytime TV lawyers, uh, the 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 commercials that are louder, way louder than the rest of the stuff for old oh, people. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about Ellen. We didn't. But this, these were the the craziest ones. And Judge Judy's not even that crazy. I just think it's more interesting, you know? Yeah. And the, the long tenure. I mean, holy shit. Yeah. Thirty one years, Maury. Wow. But uh, Isaac, you have a stand-up album uh, called Isaac Lanford Live at the White Rabbit Cabaret on all the streaming yes. platforms. Except for Spotify. Except for Spotify. We don't need them. I think some yeah. of my stuff is still on there, but it's not my wow. choice. Mm, look, at, look at you. Me and Neil Young are out of here. Yeah, baby. you scab. <laughs> uh, anything <laughs> else you want to uh, plug before we get out of here? That's fine for now. I'll cool. be on soon enough. Yeah, you'll be back. So <laughs> thanks for being on the show, Isaac. Thank you. Uh, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to The Field Trip.